She's passionate about telling stories of amazing women who are rocking the world and empowering women to live, love, and thrive. Here's your host, Katherine Gray. Hello, and welcome to Live, Love, Thrive, Women's Empowerment Hour, brought to you by 360karma.com. We're happy to have you with us today, and we're happy to have our guest, who is the director of the Center for Women's Advancement at St. Mary's uh, right here in Los Angeles. Please give a warm welcome to Emerald Archer. Hi, Emerald. Hi. Or I should say Dr. Emerald Archer, right? <laughs> Emerald's fine, but yes, thank you. <laughs> well, uh, it's got to be great having a name like Emerald because really, I mean, I don't think there's another one that I know. So it's kind of, you got one of those cool names where, you know, somebody will say Emerald and they don't even have to say your last name, right? That's true. But <laughs> I am buried under 10 Google pages because there is a Justice what? League character named the Emerald Archer. Oh my Can you gosh. believe it? Uh, yeah. You're kidding. Nope. On a TV show? On, yeah, a comic book character I think they started with and then there's been iterations oh of my television shows. Oh but my yeah. Gosh. So I'm buried, but yeah. people do remember the name. Uh, yeah, and how did you get that name? How did your mom select Emerald? It's such a beautiful name. That's a great question. And, you know, I've never gotten a direct answer on it. I know that my parents couldn't land on one name, so they were really going back and forth. But at the hospital, someone said Emerald, and that was And that, that was, was that. it. So, okay, well, very cool. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, I'm so happy that we met through our mutual friends, uh, Tabby Biddle mm -hmm. and uh, Lisa Parker, because we were both on the advisory board for Take the Lead yeah. Women. And um, I, I just love what you're doing. I had attended one of your events mm -hmm. uh, that you hold in March. Yeah. Uh, what's the name of the event officially? It's called the Report on the Status of Women and Girls in California Research Release Event. It's a mouthful. Um, I, I was going to say, and so is your title. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but um, this is an event where we share all sorts of data on women's advancement and gender equity benchmarks. Um, and we kind of convene thousand women and men from across Southern California to talk mm -hmm. about really timely issues yeah. on how we can support women and girls across the state. Yeah. Well, when um, uh, Tabby had told me that you all were having an event to release uh, the status of women report, mm -hmm. I was like, what? Yeah. I've got to be there, yes. you know. And you hold it at the Skirball the Center, Skirball right? Skirball Cultural Center, yep, every March. So mark your calendar for yeah, March 26th, March. Okay. 2020. That's our next event. Wonderful. And um, how do people get tickets to that? Um, well, we put them on our website. Okay. So um, registration opens usually in late January, very okay. early February. Um, and I'm going to have you say the website for me. Yeah, it's uh, www.msmu.edu slash C-A-W. So let's talk about what that means. So yeah. that's St. Mary's University. Mount St. Mary's University. Mount St. Mary's University. That's what it stands yep. for. And then the slash stands for Center. Center for the Advancement of Women. Okay. Yeah. Perfect. Um, so hopefully they got that. And I think it's also on your, uh, it'll be on the screen. Great. Um, so how did you get involved in this? I, I want to talk about your entire journey. For, okay. First of all, you grew up with a single mom. I did, yep, in Orange County. Do you yeah. know I hear that, and I've said this before, I think almost the majority of my guests say that, that oh. they grew up with a single mom. It's really amazing how many single moms. So I'm starting to think there's a pattern sure. here, sure. like that single moms raise really resilient, strong women. I think that's true. Because I think of their experience and seeing their mom do it on their own, mm -hmm make it happen, 
they see that role model. It makes them strong. It makes them realize they don't need a man. Nothing sure. wrong with having yep. a man. Right. But I'm just saying yeah. you can do this, yep. you know. And so it must be why I have so many successful women on that were raised by single moms. What do you think? Yeah, I think you're exactly right. I mean, yeah. I, you know, grew up just with my mom in the house and um, she really pulled herself self up by her bootstrap. She's an immigrant herself. She's from England. Um, but you know, what brought she, her here? Well, she met my dad oh. on the plane. So oh. she was coming out on holiday and, and they got married and that was it. And then she um, stayed. And then yes. she stayed. So, you know, she had to create a career for herself to wow. support, um, myself. And, um, she is, I think, one of my biggest inspirations because oh, I bet. she's a hard worker. She's smart. She's, you know, funny as a whip. Um, but she really set the standard um, yeah. for me and, and really raised me to be a self-starter, to, you know, move and, and make sure that as I'm moving up in my career that I'm also bringing other women with me. Yes. Uh, which I think is uh, important, important and something that I, you know, continue to think about. I admire that day. because yeah. that's what we all need to be doing. Absolutely. Um, so you were sharing with me that from four years old to 16 years old, yep. she would send you back to England. That's right. To be with family. Yes. And that, you know, as a kid, you don't always want to, you know, be traveling all the time. But right. in the long run, some really good things came out of that. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And it was only very recently that I learned that my mom initially sent me because sending me to my grandparents' house was cheaper than childcare. Yeah. Right. We know that childcare is so expensive in this country. Crazy. Um, so that was a tactic that she um, yeah. <laughs> used to kind of get by throughout the years. Um, but meanwhile, yeah. it was childcare. Yep. You got to spend time with your grandparents. Yep. You got to visit a whole other country and culture. Absolutely. And and all of that ended up yep. being a, a life changing, a, a life changing right. blessing. I mean, yeah. yeah. And and my grandparents would take me on their holidays, so I would be exposed to you know I was in Cairo for my thirteenth birthday. Oh my gosh. I was in Mallorca for you know another summer. So. I got to see a lot, and and that of course gave me the travel bug from being very very yeah. young. So, yeah. Oh, that's yeah. so cool. No, a lot, a lot of great memories. I wouldn't trade it for for yeah. the world. What do you love so. most about England? They seem to be having a lot of, you know, <laughs> angst there right now. It's it's. I mean, not that we're not here, but yeah. I'm just saying uh, there too. Right. Uh, what was your experience there, and have you been back lately and seen any differences? Oh, that's a good question. So uh, my my family's from Northern England, so it's a very blue collar steel town. Um, and, you know, I just love the people there. I yeah. mean, they're just so friendly and, and enveloping. Um, it's a real small town feel that, um, you know, everyone knows you, which is very different than Los Angeles, I sometimes feel like. Yeah. You know, we're in this metropolis, um, which is a big city. Um, but, you know, I haven't, last time I was in England was three years ago. Yeah. Um, and of course, in my, you know, older age, I tend to go to a lot more different parts of England and explore. So um, Sheffield, where my family's from, remains very similar to what really? I grew up with. Yeah, um, but nice. the rest is is changing, uh, you know, Rapidly. politically and, and yeah. all sorts. So, yeah. but in, uh, England will always have a place in my heart. Are they still living there? So my grandparents are past. Oh, okay. Because um, I was wondering how they felt about what's going on now. But, yeah, but yeah. I have cousins and extended family who are still there. Yeah. 
Um, and I haven't talked to them about Boris Johnson or any of the recent right. Brexit issues. Right, right. So, It'll be interesting yeah. to know. Um, yeah, so uh, so you said you still love to travel. Still love to travel. Yeah. Um, now, how did you get on the path to this place? So I know at one point your your mom and you lived in Ohio for, for your high school, That's right? That's right. Okay. And you were telling me that that impacted you in that... Basically, your friends here in California were looking at two-year schools, but mm -hmm. when you went to high school there, nobody talked about two-year schools. Right. They all talked about four-year schools That's right. uh, for college, and that really impacted the route that you took. Yeah, right? yeah. So, yeah. Um, you know, we, we moved my eighth grade year and came back to Orange County in the um, beginning of my senior year of high school. And in those intervening years, you know, I took a lot of AP courses, which mm -hmm. I found that when I came to my particular school in California, a lot weren't offered mm -hmm. um, to the same extent that they were in Ohio. Um, again, we, I never talked about a junior college, although junior college is incredibly important for yes, families um, for so and many. students, sure. right? Because it's affordable and it's yeah. a pathway into college if right. you don't know what you want to do yet. Right. I always kind of knew what I wanted to do. Mm -hmm. So I was really fortunate to have prof uh, teachers who mentored me and, and mm -hmm. helped me with my college essays and all of that. So, But when you say you knew what you wanted to do, yeah. there's no way you knew you were going to be doing this. No, no. Yeah. And so yep. you wanted to do the medical field, right? That's right. Yeah, so, doctor. Yep, that, yeah. that's, I went to college, um, studied biology and chemistry, that, took that degree uh, with me as I graduated and then decided to go to graduate school for political science of all things. Oh my gosh. Um, but you know, I, I got exposed to a lot of different subjects in yeah. college and I just found that political science challenged me in ways that mm -hmm. some of the hard sciences didn't, although very, <laughs> very challenging subjects themselves. Right, right, um, but that's kind of more what fed your soul. Yes, Yeah. exactly. I got really excited about, you know, questions of ethics and politics and how people move within systems and mm -hmm. how people are marginalized because of our mm -hmm. systemic issues that, you know. You know, it's so interesting that you've switched the, you know, everything in our life seems to, you know, be a puzzle to what mm -hmm. we're going to do. So it's so interesting that you took that, not knowing you'd be running the center for, right. you know, the advancement yep. of women and how interesting. I'm yeah. sure that really has been so helpful to you and sure. what you're doing now. Yep. Um, so the first thing you did was you were um, on staff at Woodbury College, yep. right? Yep, Woodbury yeah. University in Burbank. Uh, so I taught politics and history there mm -hmm. and I was there for eight years and it was a great a uh, really first training ground for me to sure. become a professor and to think about administrative roles in higher education. Mm -hmm. um, and I continued all of my scholarship, which really focused on women and security. So right. thinking about marginalized communities in the military, particularly, right. but which also I know veterans. still near and dear to you. Still very near and yeah. dear to me, for right. sure. Um, and so, okay. so how did you, you know, what was your reaction when you got this opportunity to go be a director of yeah. the Center for the Advancement of Women. Who had ever even heard of such a thing? You know, it's like, this is, to me, this is amazing that, yeah. you, that you run this, that the president of St. Mary's University came up with this idea. Yep. You know, so tell me about that. You know, yeah. did you get a phone call or how did this happen? So I, I ran into this job call for the inaugural director of the Center for the Advancement of Women. Wow. And, you know, it, 
immediately spoke to me because it was a little bit entrepreneurial, yeah. it was a little bit scholarly. Yeah. It really fed my passions in terms of advocacy for women's issues. Yeah. Um, so I said, oh, I absolutely have to apply to this. So I, I did. And when I learned more about it, I learned that Anne McElhinney Johnson, our president of Mount St. Mary's University, really wanted to create a physical space that was a hub for gender equity research leadership and advocacy. Wow. So we are already doing so many things at the university because we're the only women's university in Los Angeles. Oh, I so, didn't know that. Wow. Yeah, so because of what we do with our students and how we train them up for leadership positions, because of all of our work related to the report on the status of women and girls in California and our partnerships with Mary Garcetti's office and other women's commissions, mm -hmm. she thought it was imperative to have a space on our campuses where we can really um, you know, bring all of these gender equity initiatives on campus and external initiatives together mm -hmm. um, so we can make sure to push that agenda forward. And you know, now that you're explaining it to me, it makes perfect sense. Here you have a university of all women that you're yep. training for leadership. What better thing than to fill them with all this research yeah. that helps to Get, change up the game exactly because like well what it, what are the weaknesses and what are the strengths so one of the ones I know that you teamed up with was um, the Gina Davis Institute yes. and I don't know if a lot of people know about it but uh, when I came to your event in uh, March um, I it was the first time I was made aware of it okay. I didn't even know she had an institute yeah. that researches um, different aspects of Hollywood mm -hmm. like how many women have speaking parts That's right. and how many have um, leading roles and what kind of leading roles do they have and yeah. um, it was explained at that event that she had noticed that how women were marginalized in yeah. you know not only in pay because that's oh, obvious right. but in how many lines they were given yeah. what kind of lines what kind of roles and I found that really fascinating when I started to think about it and look at it and yeah. think of how the disparity is, and the reason the disparity is so important right. is that as we're watching programs, subliminally, mm -hmm. we're getting messages. That's right. And so as children or, yeah. you know, just growing up in our culture, the things that we watch obviously are impacting right. how we feel about women. That's right. Based on that information, mm -hmm. which makes that research so important and imperative yeah. to creating change. Absolutely. Yeah. So that I just applaud what you guys are doing. And that's just one part of it because I know that's the one focused on television and film. That's right. Yeah. But I'd love to hear about all the other ones, you know, the women's commissions, the yeah. mayor's office. What are other aspects that you could share with us that you all have learned that are helping change up the game? Right. So, so we've been doing our report on the status of women and girls in California for this will be our ninth report coming up. So, so does that mean nine years? Nine years. So wow. we released our first report in 2012. And still, I'm so happy we're doing the show because still so many women aren't even aware of it. Oh, I know. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So we want to get more women in that room, but we also want to get the data to more women, right? Yes. Which is always available on our website for anyone mm -hmm. to download free of charge. Mm -hmm. um, but because of that model that we've created with our statewide report, other women's commissions or other government entities have come to us and said, we really want to know how women are doing in Santa Monica. Mm -hmm. Can you help us furnish the data so we can advocate in our backyard wow. for women and girls there? What about other states? So there aren't 
that many reports like this. There are really? a couple um, that come out state, you know, um, state by state, and not on an annual basis. Mm -hmm. So the data is very sporadic. So you but, guys are really the only ones that are focused on this, like year round, that's year right. in, year out. Yep. Wow, that's that's scary. I know, I yeah. know, but you know, but you're but you're leading the way. Yep, and hopefully other universities or entities around the country in different states will take I hope heed, so. Right? Yeah. We, last year we got a call or I got a call from a colleague at um, Penn State and she saw the oh, report wonderful. and said, oh my gosh, how can I, how can I do this at my university? Wow. So we had those conversations. So I think people are seeing this report and they're seeing the importance of the dissemination of data so mm -hmm. that we can advocate, right? Because right. if we don't have the information, we can't. How do you change? Right, yeah. in an intellectual way, say anything. So when you do this data, is yeah. it um, all information derived from women in California? And is that why other states need to do their own? Because so, it's different? I imagine there would be a lot of crossover. Yep. Yeah. There's going to be a lot of similarities. I mean, California is on the leading edge in a lot of ways. Like we mm -hmm. we pay women more here than mm -hmm. other states across the nation. So that's right. great. Right. But we're still underpaying women. Because it costs women. more to live here. <laughs> right. It's all relative, exactly, right? Yeah. Exactly. But most of the data in our report comes from the census. Yeah. So any state can look at their census report and mm -hmm. mine their census or the one, it's the American Community Survey, mm -hmm. um, and they can drill down to their state to look at gender equity benchmarks for women mm -hmm. in their state. So right. um, they can replicate this report by going to the census oh, wow. um, website, which is you know up for anyone's use. Right. Um, but that is a really great tool to right. use so you can educate. I feel like you should be like on the Today Show or <laughs> uh, 60 Minutes oh, or, or something. You. like. I would love to see you guys on that kind of a yeah, national level. Right. We're know? trying to elevate the conversation, certainly. Yeah. Um, and there's a lot of initiatives that are ongoing through the university. Like the Women's College Coalition is coming to Mount St. Mary's. So I'll be overseeing that um, entity. What, what is that? So the Women's College Coalition is uh, an organization that unites all women's colleges in the country. Oh. So there's seven, there's 37 women's universities in, in the country. Wow. There are many international women's universities, mm -hmm. right, um, outside of the United States. So, you know, we're thinking um, at least strategically to see how can we expand this network? Mm -hmm. How can we elevate the conversation around the utility of women's mm -hmm. education and, and the value of women's mm -hmm. universities? So mm -hmm. I think that's really important in the 21st century where we know women's universities are tried and true when, in terms of preparing the next vanguard mm -hmm. of leaders in terms right. of women. So right. we're excited to be a part of that. Who are some famous women that came out of St. Mary's? Uh. Oh gosh, um, ooh, putting me on the spot now. Uh -oh. I will have to, I'll have to fact check myself later. Um, but I know that for instance, we hired one of the, the first African-American nursing professors oh, wow. back in the 50s. Oh my gosh. Um, you know, and our nursing so they've program always been very has, progressive. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And the Sisters of St. Joseph of Carondelet, who are our founders, have always really pushed um, pushed the agenda for women and girls, which has been exciting for me to follow in their footsteps. That's really awesome. Yeah. Now, we talked about the uh, television and film yep. uh, outcome. Yeah. And I, do you want to add anything to that that um, 
well, of what your findings were? Yeah. Um, so the Gina Davis Institute on Gender and Media is fantastic. They're a department of the Center for the Advancement of Women. So we are excited to collaborate on those um, data um and has reports. that data been able to change anything in Hollywood? Just curious. Well, uh, people are using it. And certainly mm -hmm. Gina Davis is, you know, a fierce advocate for mm -hmm. um, making, you know, leveling the playing field. But she says herself, we can do this overnight if we simply just change some of the roles from men to women. Right. right. We can change the story. Right. Um, and, you know, if more girls see themselves on camera, right? They then hear- In a positive right. light. And, and, exactly. and strong yep. roles. Right. right, that they're important, that their stories matter. I, so, I agree with her. I also yep. agree in the realm of what I'm working on is funding women, yeah. that that could change overnight too. Yep, totally. You know? So all, all of these things, you know, they say awareness is first, yes. right? So let's shed, light and awareness on all these inequities okay and then let's share awareness on what we can do what we can do yeah. to solve it totally right? yeah so um what were some of the findings that came out of the television film that, that well I let me tell you about the report kind of writ large sure first so um education we know education is a pathway out of poverty yes. so women california women who have um, only a high school diploma are three times more likely to live in poverty than those who have a, a, a bachelor's degree. Wow. So we know that encouraging um, college, whether it's junior college, a four-year college, whether it's um, a trade school, right, that's really important to get folks out of poverty if they're right. impoverished. Right. Um, one really exciting statistic that I love to share is that California is home to the most women-owned businesses of any state in the nation. Oh, wow. That's and, great. Yeah. So 59% of those businesses are owned by women of color, which oh, is wow. excellent, right? That's They're holding great. the majority. So yeah. that's really exciting for that's, us that's awesome. to share. Yeah. Um, you had already mentioned gender pay inequities, right? Yes. Which I'll, I'll just touch on because I think when we disaggregate or separate different women in terms of pay, the story becomes even more dire. So when we compare women's wages to white men's wages, those are the highest earners across California. Mm -hmm. White women make 80 cents to every dollar compared to white men. Wow. Asian Americans make 75 cents to every dollar earned women. by white men, women. Uh -huh. African American women make 60 cents for every dollar oh a white gosh. man earns. No wonder they're going to start their own businesses. Yeah, Latinas yeah. make 41 cents wow. for every dollar white men earn wow. in California. Right. Right. So those gaps get wider, especially as you go across, you know, if you if you go um, west, uh, excuse me, eastward. Especially and because south. you said the west, the women are paid more. That's yeah. right. So yeah. this pro it's problematic for sure. And then the one thing that always gets me is maternal mortality statistics that we share in our report in, in the health section. So um, African-American women are three times more likely to die as a result of pregnancy than any other race in California, oh right? Wow. So there are vast inequities that we right. have to continue unpacking right. and making sure that you know our healthcare providers understand these inequities so that we can turn turn this around. We're Right. We're a first world country, right? right. We're industrialized. So We're we, one of the wealthiest nations in the world. So absolutely, in California, one of the wealthiest yeah. states in the exactly. in the world. Mm -hmm. um, 
So with with the, armed with this information, we yeah. need to take action steps to level the playing field. Right. And, but like we said, the first thing is awareness. Yes. If we didn't even know there's such a disparity, we wouldn't even we know can't. we had to fix it. That's right. Um, you also have, uh, near and dear to your heart, is helping women veterans, right? Yes. So you have a book yep. uh, on Amazon. Yeah, it's called Women, Warfare, and Representation. So it's really a history. Women, Warfare, and Representation. That's right. Okay. So it's a history of women's uh, participation in the armed services mm -hmm. in the 20th and the 21st century. So that really has been the culmination of my scholarship, thinking about how to um, increase performance of women in the military because of stereotypes that often undermine their performance right. in a subliminal manner. Right, right. Um, so that book was wonderful, but now I'm also thinking about veterans, women right. veterans who are coming out of the military and are a really vulnerable community. Right? right. We know that they're the fastest growing homeless um, population among women in California. Which is so sad and so unfair. It I'm, is, right? I'd like to better understand that, and that could be a whole other show. Totally. Uh, and I know you're, you're also part of a foundation that helps them, right? Yes. So I'm on, I'm on the board of the Foundation for Women Warriors, and that's the only foundation in California that serves women and children exclusively in their transition from the military to the civilian world. Wow, it's the only it's one. It's the only one. So oh, we- People need to get behind that. Yeah, and the foundation's really wonderful because it's not a handout, it's a hand up. Right. right? We wanna make sure that we are getting to these women before they can't pay their rent or before right. you know they have to stop going to school because they can't afford childcare or whatever the circumstances look like because right. we know, you know the VA is backlogged in distribution of checks that mm -hmm. they've earned oh, sometimes wow. by three months oh my god so women they're not getting their their pay crazy. <laughs> right so so yeah um there's so they a get lot out of the military and some of them don't get their check for three months yep because the system the va is is broken oh, so wow. you know there's a lot and again men experience this too right but women are more vulnerable i i would say because they go from being the most visible service member to the most invisible veteran wow. right hardly any i mean i've heard can't tell you the story after story i've heard of women veterans saying you know, I went to get my 20% off, you know, discount because I'm a veteran or whatever that was. And they're like, oh, well, where's your husband's ID? Right? They assume oh that gosh. they're a spouse rather oh than um, a yeah. service member or a former right. service member. Right. So there's a lot we need to do to support women veterans. And, right. you know, they've given so much to us. So um, I need to give back. Exactly. Thank you so much for the work you all do. Thank you for yeah. what you're doing. And I hope that people uh, Google the Center for the Advancement of Women yep. and that they come to your event in March. Please, we would like to have is, them. Tell me the name of it again officially. So it's the Report on the Status of Women and Girls in California Research Release Event. Total mouthful. Yeah. But it's the best event you'll come to. Right. Um, it's March 26, 2020. Right. And so then they can calendar. just Google um, St. Mary's uh, university. That's right. Uh, in Los Angeles, and then find uh, the center. That's and, right. And you have all the information we there. We do. Yep. Yeah. They rock, huh? Oh my Thank gosh. You. Thank you so much for being here Thank and for you the for work you're me. doing. Please check them out. Thank you so much for tuning in. Go out and make somebody else's day. Make your day. Have a great week. Hugs and happiness.